What up, everybody? My name is Brandon. I am Linux Liaison. Now, last time I talked about how I got into Linux, and I guess it's just going to go down in history that while I was trying to make my Windows installation look like a Mac and feel like a Mac, I found Linux. Isn't it ironic? Now today what we're going to be looking at is what I've learned since I've gotten into, into the world of Linux. And the first thing that I noticed when delving into Linux and starting talking about Linux is that there's a totally different vibe that surrounds the whole Linux world. It's, it's as if there's a totally different ideology. I mean, anytime I would talk to my friends or family about Windows and there was some sort of problem that they had, it was like they were totally complacent to the problem or completely ignored it, found some sort of workaround to deal with it. And they were just completely complacent and figured, eh, there's nothing wrong with Windows. There's nothing wrong with Mac. They're just a little flawed, that's all. And it just bugged me that the, they would they just didn't care that there was problems. It, they didn't want to fix these problems. And they didn't really blame anybody for the problems. They just dealt with it, even though they've paid more than $100 or more than $1,000 in the case of a Mac just to get Mac or Windows. But when I would talk to my friends about Linux or open source technology in general. Well, there was a completely different shift in the way that things were talked about. If there was a problem, it wasn't, oh, I found this workaround. There, it was, oh, I had that problem too, and this is how to fix that problem. Oh, I had that problem with this piece of software, but I found this piece of software that does the thing better, and it doesn't have that problem that you're having. And it was almost as if there was this dichotomy between the two where Windows information was sort of closely guarded and so was Mac. And then in Linux, it was like, oh, here, I did this and I had this problem and I know how to fix it. So here you go. That way you, you don't have to do all the crappy legwork that I ended up having to do. And it was this ideology that information should be free. It was as if everybody wanted to help each other be better, do better, and reach greater heights. And I guess this is what you could call the open source ideology. That sort of ideology where information should be shared freely among individuals, including source code. And that's where open source comes from. The source code is open and freely available to see. The information regarding how an application or a piece of software does what it does is freely available to share amongst individuals and friends and family. And for those of you who don't know what source code is, think of a meal. When you make a meal, there's a recipe behind it. And when you go to a high-end restaurant, you don't know what recipe there is. You don't know how it was prepared exactly to a T. You can reproduce it. You don't know all the ingredients that are in it. You don't know the quantity of the ingredients. And so this is what you would call a closed source meal. You don't know the recipe. You don't know what's in there, how it was made. Whereas if you 
made it yourself. Let's say you got grandma's chocolate chip cookies recipe. Well, that's the source code for the chocolate chip cookies, how to reproduce the thing. And so when you're talking about open source software, you're able to see the code that was put into that piece of software and you can scrutinize it, you can analyze it, you can take it apart, re-put it together and fix it if, there, if you see any problems. And that's the beauty of open source software is that you can change it and reproduce it in any way that you see fit, provided that the license permits it. So of course, looking at source code, you might start to want to learn how to read the source code. So I started to read up on some programming languages. For example, I know some C, I know some Python, I know some Perl script, I know some Java. and it was looking through these source codes that I sort of learned a little bit more about how these programming languages work. And while I'm not proficient enough in any one language, I know enough of the basics to be able to read the source code and decipher what it's doing and how it's doing it, even if I don't know the language I'm reading offhand. And it was through reading the source code that I sort of discovered this inherent ability that I have to be able to read code without much effort and learn programming languages at a rapid pace. So for example, I could look at some C++, and while I don't really know C much to begin with, I know that there are certain basics that exist within programming languages, that if you know these basics, you can pretty much read any programming language without too much effort, without too much research beforehand. And so, Really, all I'm missing now is just the practice with the programming languages that I do know. So some of you might ask, well, did you look at the Linux source code? And yes, indeed, I did. And I sort of ended up learning that Linux is not exactly an operating system. It's a kernel. And the kernel is basically the thing that, top, that sits between the command line and your bare metal, the hardware and talks between the two. It's sort of like a translator from programming language to binary. And so you realize that there are various levels to any operating system. And so looking at the Linux kernel, which is written in C, I had to learn some C. And I learned about something in C that's called typing, which has to do with memory allocation. So for example, an int might take, I forget how many bits it is, but it might take a certain number of bits in every any given memory register. And when I say memory, I don't mean storage, I mean RAM. And it was through learning about the memory allocation that I began to get a clear idea of how the various parts of a computer system communicate with each other. For example, the CPU loads stuff from the hard drive into RAM to be able to read it faster because reading it directly from the hard drive is very slow as compared to reading it from RAM. And stuff that's used very often ends up getting loaded into the CPU's cache, which is even faster than RAM, and so on and so forth. It's a crazy way that all this stuff works together and the fact that years and years and years of building upon what we know has come to this, has surmounted to this, is just amazing. And it's the open source ideology that's going to keep us moving further rather than staying at the same level that we have been in the past, I don't know, five years. I feel like there's very little progress that's been made in terms of the speed and 
prevalence of certain technologies. So lastly, at this point, when I was learning about all this stuff about hardware, it was the perfect timing for me to start my college program, which I'll just call Electrotech, which ended up teaching me some very interesting fundamentals about how a computer works. Specifically, uh, my combinational circuits class ended up teaching me how a CPU works at the binary level and that there are millions upon millions of logic gates and how to count in binary and how to calculate binary to decimal and back and forth. My network fundamentals course taught me on a bit level how the internet itself works and about TCPIP handshakes and how video streaming actually uses a completely different protocol than TCP, which is called UDP. And then finally I had this Unix course, which ended up teaching me a lot about systems administration and Linux administration, the various system architectures that exist between the Linux distros, and the benefits of course of each arch architecture. I learned about DNS and DHCP, I learned how to make my own servers of these types and it was just such a fascinating thing to me and I ended up taking a lot of the projects I was working on in the class home and actually working on it further than what the teacher was asking me to do and so I learned that I want to be a systems administrator that I would truly enjoy being a systems administrator for a career as something that I would do for year after year after year and that's what my course that I'm going to be starting in October is going to be doing. Well, it's actually called Network Administration and Support. But I mean, as some of you may know, those two things actually go quite hand in hand. The, the knowledge set transfers from one field to another very easily. And oftentimes you'll find that a network administrator will work as a systems administrator or vice versa at some point in time. And of course that's not all I've learned and some of the things that I learned here that I explained here I didn't dive into detail but if there was anything that you heard that you wanted to learn more about just leave a comment on my SoundCloud or hit me up on Twitter at Brandon Nolet or on Mastodon at BNolet and just let me know what you wanted to learn and why you want to learn it because that's interesting too. And if you generally enjoyed listening to this podcast episode and about my experience learning in Linux, make sure you drop a like on this episode, share it on social media, and just hit me up. Tell me that you liked it because I really appreciate every single one of you who have listened to my podcast, who have given me feedback on the audio production, on the content that's created here. So that's all I have today. My name is Brandon, I have been Linux Liaison, and I hope you have an absolutely fantastic day, or night.